Good morning church. It is hard to believe that it was four weeks ago today that we jetted off onto our, our big family holiday that had been planned for so many years and um, I'm sure we've had many adventures and we'll catch up with you about those when we get back. Uh, we are not too far away. We'll be if we'll be home in the next day or so back to uh, Rockhampton and I'm sure we'll be looking forward to stopping for a long period of time, enjoying our own beds, our own chairs, and getting out of the, and having a bit more space um, that we can sort of um, share as a family. Uh, but uh, it has been, I can only imagine it's been a great time while we've been away. And so today I wanted to bring to you a, a start of a brand new series, a series um, called Collide. Um, and I suppose the idea of this comes from um, the idea that as, a, as Christians and the world, we often will collide about God's truth. Um, since the beginning of the Christian faith, um, there has been a conclusion course with the culture around us. The values of the world do not align with the values of, of, of faith. The priorities of the world do not align with priorities of faith. And the, and the kingdom of man is not seeking things as the kingdom of God. Therefore, we shouldn't be surprised when we experience conflict and tension. Um, instead, we should see conflict as tension as confirmation that we are doing the right thing. Now, just a pause on that one for a second. Now, when I say conflict and tension, I don't mean conflict and tension that we raised in our own lives because we are rude to people or because we're a jerk or, or because we, we are doing the wrong thing. Don't sort of, sort of pat yourself on the back if you are, are, are being that person. But I'm talking about the conflict and tension that comes when we stand up for our faith. And people say, you can't believe that. You can't think that. You can't love that way. I'm talking about that conflict. Um, have you ever seen one of those old movies where people have had to actually step out one of those rickety old rope bridges and, 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 and basically normally there's sort of like some kind of chase happening. So... The bridge is not sturdy at the best of times and there's normally a chase happening and, and normally some of the panels of the bridge will break along the way and as you step on, you're never sure if that that, that, that panel would hold that character and, and, and you're waiting for them to fall through and, 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 and like you're waiting for some people to fall through to their doom and, and, and it can be a bit like that in our world when we um, try and stand on the, the principles and values of the world because they are constantly shifting. Um, we, we put our foot down hard on something and it doesn't hold, it doesn't make sense. And, and the, the truths that have been pushed our way are not things that we can trust as a foundation. Now, however, what we learn from Jesus is to trust eternally with the consistent teachings of Scripture. Let's check out Colossians uh, 2.8. Paul says, See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow, and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world, rather than on Christ. In this one verse, Paul warns us about the world's logic and values. He calls us to, um, as believers, to stand firm on the different set of values, those of Christ. But even when we choose to stand firm, um, we still are faced with the values of this world. How do we how do we know when something we hear is worldly? How do we know when something we hear is godly? How do we know when we are being led astray and, and, and worse, being held captive to this world? 
by the principles and teachings with which we find ourselves. Well, as, a, as we get started, I'd like to draw your attention back to that illustration before, that rickety old bridge, um, and, and how you can't trust it um, and putting your feet down solid. Regarding worldly principles and teachings, I said, you're never quite sure you're going to land on solid ground as principles and values are constantly shifting. This is an important lesson for us um, to remember. Worldly values are inconsistent. Worldly values are inconsistent. Now, let me help you illustrate this point with something that we are more familiar with, with one of the primary mottos of the kingdom of man, which is follow your heart. Follow what you believe in. Follow, follow what's in your heart. Do whatever makes you happy. These principles sound good enough, but the problem is they're inconsistent, shaky, and they contradict the teachings of Scripture. The word says in Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? And the Bible warns us that the heart is wicked and deceitful. Jesus says in Matthew 10, 39, whoever finds their life will lose it. Whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. The world says that you need to make sure you're happy no matter what. But Jesus says we should lose our lives for his sake, meaning we trade all the stuff that makes us happy in our kingdoms for his kingdom, where amazingly we find deep abiding joy. The heart is inconsistent, always changing, um, failing and in and out of, falling in and out of love with any number of things. Happiness is an ever-moving target from one day to the next, sometimes an hour at a time. Just be honest for a moment. How can you build anything stable of these principles? As you think about that last question, flip over with me to Matthew 7, uh, 24, 27, which was read to you this morning. In this passage, Jesus is teaching his Sermon on the Mount. And this is what he, he has to say about building uh, our lives. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against that house. And yet it did not fall for it had been founded on the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against the house and it fell and great was its fall. Did you catch that? Jesus himself is commanding us to listen and obey his teachings. When we do, we'll be standing on a firm foundation. Let me talk from personal experience when I tell you that out of the many values the world will throw you away, none will allow you to stand firm when the going gets tough. They are shifting sands of inconsistency. So why are they so attractive? Why does it sound so appealing to follow the heart, to seek out whatever makes me happy? Well, the second point today is that worldly values are seductive. Another word for seductive could be enticing. It creates desire in us. Either way, anyway, the truth is many things and, and words the world tries to give us and tell us can look and sound very attractive when we see and hear that. Believe it or not, the Bible even talks about this. Turn with me to 2 Timothy verses, uh, chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires, 
and will turn away their ears from the truth and they will turn aside to myths. Do you see what's happening here? There will come a time when people will actually go, this is what I want and I'll find people who have authority over me who actually will teach me the stuff that I want. Who has the really authority there? Not someone who's seeking someone higher above them. It's, it's basically putting people under our own will and desires. The Bible is full of practical life principles that enable us to live an abundant life. And Jesus came to bring us. In John 10.10, 10, Jesus specifically tells us that um, this is the goal. The thief, the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And what the devil can't fully destroy, he will seek to distract. He will try and steal your time, your treasure, your attention. And that's why we have to stand firm on the word of God. That's why we have to abide in Christ. And that's why we need to have daily time in God's word. And as you learn how to point out the worldly values that, uh, that don't align with the kingdom of God, you also need to spend energy pursuing the values that do align with the kingdom of God. And that's where I want to sort of um, start to wind up today as we look at allowing the spirit to guide. It's not enough to simply say no to things and, and, and the values of, of the world. We need to take it a step further and say yes to the things of God. So it's sort of like it's a, a, a boost. We say no to this thing so we can say, and then we say yes to this thing. And it sets us on a path of obedience and actually being in line with God's will. Um, and, and, and Christ gave us the Holy Spirit to be a guide and a strength in this endeavor. Turn with me to John 14, 7. He is the truth. The world cannot accept him because it, is, it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. Jesus invites us to allow the Holy Spirit to lead us into all truth. Once we begin to follow God's lead, we'll be able to experience the best life possible. We'll be constantly coming back to the only truth worth standing upon and the one that will never lead us astray. In the movie Apollo um, 13, um, the character that Tom Hanks played, um, Jim Lovell, um, is stuck in space. And while he's stuck in space and, and they're trying to get the, the astronauts back, they, the, everyone is glued to the TV watching different things. And, and they actually play an old interview of his where he shares about probably a somewhat similar um, principle of, of being stuck at one point in time. In his younger days, he was flying um, a fighter, a training um, process, and now uh, flying uh, in the Sea of Japan. And and basically, the the because it was a training um, procedure, all the aircraft lights um, on on the ship were were turned off, so they wouldn't reveal themselves. And so. Um, Jim um, couldn't use the radio because the radio was actually being used by a, on the same uh, frequency as someone else in the, in the area, like, and so couldn't use that. And he was, even with all his um, navigation, he was, he was struggling to find his way back to the ship. And what happened at that point in time, all of a sudden, his uh, instrument guide in, in, his, in his jet basically um, blew out. It fried itself. Now, all of a sudden, he's got no radio. He doesn't know where the ship is. He doesn't have any communication, any guidance at all. And he is, he is wondering what will happen. But in the darkness, in the darkness of the cockpit, in the, in the darkness of, of the night, all of a sudden, he is able to see a glow in the ocean. 
And what's happened, there is luminescent uh, algae that has been churned up by the props of, of, of the aircraft carrier. And so all of a sudden, Jim basically sees a road, a pathway that will lead him directly to the ship. The point here is, though, he wouldn't have been able to see that with these lights in his cockpit. He wouldn't have been able to see that if, if it was a full moon. And so he actually needed to come to a place where the distractions were gone so he could see it. And it takes, it takes devotion and effort to learn to walk in step with the Spirit as you follow the teachings of Scripture and not be distracted by the lights and the busyness and the ideas of the world. There will always be temptations to veer off um, and, and go adventuring through like over rickety bridges where it is we can't trust our feet going down. But again, those temptations are only temporary, much like the, much like the rewards they promise. Abundant life is found in the kingdom of God, and the Holy Spirit was given as a gift to help lead and guide the way. Now, the world is trying to draw you into the values that are inconsistent, seductive, and at worst, destructive. But today, we begin this new series, and we will all have an opportunity to invite the Spirit of God to guide us into his scriptural truth. The one thing we can stand on knowing it will remain firm. It means that we don't have to be going seeking guidance outside of that bubble at all. Like sometimes we seek guidance from Google. We seek guidance from Facebook. We seek guidance from the local news. We seek guidance from our friends and, and family at times and fail to actually include God in the mix at all. But what God is wanting us to do is to actually look to guidance to him first and above all. We don't interpret the Bible through Google. We don't interpret the Bible through Facebook. We don't interpret the Bible through our own lens. We actually look at the, we take all those things off and we look at the Bible and we look at, we actually look at our lives through the lens of the Bible. And the thing is what we need to, the first step is to call out and recognize any false truths or principles you may believe in. I gave a couple of examples earlier. But for as reference, we were reference things like follow your heart, do whatever makes you ha happy. Um, you can become anything that you put your mind to. The next step is admitting how enticing and attractive some of these principles are. Uh, it does no, no good to pretend like they aren't there, but it also does no good to think that we can simply avoid the pervasive false teaching that is rampant in the world simply because we don't like it. And finally, we must trust in the Spirit to lead us and guide us into and through the truth. Will you choose today to stand and every day going forward to stand in God's truth? Will you choose to trust the leading of the Spirit? Will you, will you make a daily commitment to Scripture? Will you actually let it impact your life? Because again, one of these things, it's if we are actually wanting to look at our life through God's truth, I can guarantee there will be changes that God wants to make. It's, it's one thing to say, I believe in the truth. It's, 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 it's next. The other thing is to be transformed by it. And that's where we're going to pick up things next week uh, in person. We're going to be looking at how we can be transformed by the truth of God and the reality of God in our lives as we live in a, a way that we can collide with the world around us 
We don't want to be influenced by the world. We want to be transformed by God. And so I hope you can join us next Sunday and be a part of our service together. I look forward to seeing you all in person again and, um, and I hope you can be there for that time. Let's take some time to pray. Lord, I thank you that you are a God who wants to show us all truth and you want us to live in the truth that you have for us. You want us to live in those principles that will actually bring us abiding and abundant joy rather than momentary happiness, momentary or um, uh, sort of ideas. And so, Lord, I, I pray that as we um, seek you out, or as we seek your guidance through your spirit, as we seek you out through scripture, we will actually begin to build our life on your truth. We will learn to live it out in reality. And, and, and actually, and, and as we continue to pursue you, may we be transformed. And so, Lord, I pray that as we continue to move through this series, Collide, that you would help us to be um, believers who would stand in faith and in truth and living in a way that will change the world in which we live. We pray this in your name. Amen.